Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, we uh, we saw some people this weekend. We were together in person. Um, yeah. And somebody pointed out to us that it's funny because it's hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Yeah, and we do it in reverse order of the names. And I just want to say, if you think that's silly, especially if you're the person who told us, <laughs> heck off. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. That was really obscene. I'm Whoa. sorry. Uh, what I meant Relax. to say, I it was a slip of the tongue. It was a simple slip of the tongue. What I meant to say was, thank you for your listenership. Oh. Um, and if you happen to have a large sum of money, feel free to acquire us. If you happen to be a Sau- Saudi uh, crown prince, oh, then we're not interested because um, oh, human rights are really important to this show. Yeah. However, money speaks volumes. Uh, to SNK, I suppose SNK. Developers of King of Fighters and Metal Slug, among many other games, has been mostly bought by the Saudi Crown Prince. This is a really weird one. This almost felt like a joke transition, but no, it's it's real. Uh, the SNK Corporation has been bought by the Salman Foundation, which is run by the Saudi Crown Prince, and they now have 96.18% of SNK's shares. This it's is interesting. weird. <laughs> the, the name of the company is very, like, it's called the Electronic Gaming Development Company. Yeah. And they've also bought shares in Capcom. And um, not only Capcom, but also uh, Nexon, um, <laughs> like two state, they they have 5% in both that are worth more than a billion dollars. Same guy. That's like, this is a weird story. I don't have enough knowledge of like the political climate in Saudi Arabia to make any truly impactful comments, but... I can say it's weird because it is that. It's a it's a very rich very very rich place. And the people in charge there are very very rich. Yes. And that alone is an understatement. Yes, and they also maybe have some less than they have terrible moral values and they do terrible things to uh journalists especially. So we don't like we don't like <laughs> these dudes. Would you concur? Yeah. Is that is that too uh controversial? No. I mean, you could argue many major governments do terrible things, but yeah. there is a specific vendetta against um journalism and See, do you uh, want to know the big difference here? And, uh... Most v- governments don't own video game companies. <laughs> That's true. There are certain things that corporations in the United States have to do in order to get to make a lot of money, and sometimes, yeah, that's through the government. But there's no government. I think owned. capitalist, uh, capitalist corruption is not as bad as 
as uh, the ending of human lives. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is not a controversial statement. No. Are there perhaps any video game characters who like to end video her, or end? Uh, wow. Uh, I would like to give up my my podcastership. What I meant to say was, are there any per, perhaps any video? I even messed that up. Oh, Andrew. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> Don't tell our boss. Okay. Are there perhaps any video game characters who have ended human lives, fictionally? Um, maximum pain. <laughs> it's not his name. Um, Max Payne one and two are video games. Okay. I've never played them, but the As... character, the main character in them, does do a lot of killing. Okay. Um, Remedy recently announced, recently announced a remake of Max Payne one and two in collab in a collaboration agreement with Rockstar Games. Um. Who I believe were the original publishers. Uh, they were the original publishers. It's yes. not just a belief of mine. Um, it is reality. <laughs> I believe this thing. It's my opinion. <laughs> um. Uh. So it'll be these remakes will be for PC, PS5, um, the new Xbox Series X slash S. Are you excited? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> You don't Not sound very excited. No, I don't care about Max Payne. I don't care about uh, Rockstar. I was actually just talking to my partner about Rockstar. Big fan. And how it really feels like, because he's been replaying Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, that's a good game. Um, and it really feels like Rockstar just doesn't want to do new IPs anymore. Um, <clears throat> Not that Red Dead was a new IP, but it's like, they really just had Red Dead, they had Eleanor, they had Bully, and they had GTA. And they're not touching Bully ever again, and they're not touching Eleanor ever again. And it seems like they're pretty done with Red Dead. Um, yep. Rockstar's <clears throat> just the Grand Theft Auto company, probably. Yeah, and the way that they talk about Grand Theft Auto, it really feels like there's never going to be any other Rockstar game other than Grand Theft Auto. And there's hardly going to be any more Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. I'd be shocked if GTA 6 had a, any less than a 12-year life cycle. Yeah. You know? And that game's not... We don't even have a release date for that game, so... Right. And plus, this game isn't even developed by Rockstar. It's developed by Remedy, so... Yeah. Remedy... So, because Remedy is independent of Rockstar now. Remedy right. is their own uh, own company, which is fantastic. Gives them a lot more creative control, ironically, over games such as Control. Uh, <laughs> so... Being able to make a new Max Payne game is a, it's a really big deal, because this I would say this franchise would large was largely considered dead, uh, and it coming back not only as a remade product but one developed by its original developers is I think it's exciting. I have not played the originals, I've heard nothing but good things generally. I think they're a little goofy these days to look at, so a remake's not a bad idea and I think there's not a lot of like high action detective games these days so hey I'll take something new yeah but uh, you know if, if you're getting tired of video games you could always build some Legos some what can you say that word again I why did I say it funny you said Legos Le <laughs> I meant Legos right <laughs> 
Lego Group is partnering with Epic Games to, de to develop a child-friendly metaverse project. This was directly after they invested $1 billion into Epic. A child-friendly metaverse project does not sound like two sets of words that can go together because the metaverse is a very money-hungry place and children should not be preyed upon for money. Not only that, but any environment that touts itself, especially an environment that can be as unregulated as the internet, that touts itself as child-friendly, it's, it's just like a breeding ground for, for creeps. Truth. Exactly. It's a social... I don't think children should be given online social environments because it requires a lot of online literacy that no matter how well you train your child, train, teach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live with a cat and not a sit. child, clearly. Stay. Don't come <laughs> the metaverse. <laughs> sit, stay. Do not use Roblox. <laughs> um, it just seems like a bad idea. It does feel to me like this is Lego's attempt at thwarting Roblox potentially because Roblox always looked like off-brand Lego to me and a billion dollars is a lot of money and they're technically separate stories technically they invested a billion dollars in Epic and then also partnered for a new metaverse project but let's be realistic here that billion dollars probably sweetened the deal for Epic I'm it's, a little worried yeah it's just so much money and you're and you're right um there's no there's no good faith reading of this um you know the metaverse and things like of that nature are tools to make money exactly. and children are not should not be marketed to in this way it is very predatory and might i also add that this feels very very gross and yucky because you're right it really just feels like they see how much how popular Roblox is among kids and they see that they can make a lot of money in that in that way. Yes. And it's very very gross. Um it's very weird. I think <laughs> metaverses quote unquote have existed for a very very long time on the internet. Um when I was younger I used to go on uh Gaia online which was like you'd make a little anime avatar and they'd like run around and be a little person That's and you could talk to other people. Um, it was cute, but you know, it was unregulated as these places always are. And then you think of things like Second Life and like VR chat and VR chat's a little bit different because I think there is a certain demographic like kids aren't really, I mean, no. kids probably are, but it's like VR is kind of expensive. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's probably not like a, like an every everyday sort of thing. But that's beside the point. What I'm saying is metaverses are, are very hard to regulate. Um, I mean, the best you can do is do like a swear word filter. But but if there's voice chat, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you argue, I mean, you with a billion dollars, you could probably do anything. <laughs> you get some AI to detect swear words as they're being said. And I can't them. believe that epic games got paid one billion dollars this week 
that's incredible. That's such an enormous sum of money to get paid by one person or one group in a week. Yeah. It's crazy that it happened once. Well, believe it, Andrew. Yeah. Because it happened. Because Sony has invested $1 billion. No, wait. I thought you just said, wait, but Lego invested $1 billion, though. Uh, 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 uh. It's Sony, baby. Wait, but but Lego. And? Wait, are you telling me no? Yeah. Both? Both? Sony and Lego? Yeah. That would be crazy if well, true. Put on your crazy hat. It's very, very firmly upon my head right now. <laughs> after this. Um, so Sony has invested a $1 billion um, into Epic Games. <laughs> you know, Epic Games. They make Fortnite. And the new Lego Metaverse project. And the new Lego <laughs> Metaverse project. Um, like the banana, he's like he did the dances. He and he's a banana. Uh huh. Um, and his Ariana Grande, um, and LeBron James and Thanos, and they do dances and such. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that Fortnite. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. I have. Um, this is a lot of money. Um, in a statement from Kenichiro Yoshido, Kenichiro Yoshido, uh, Sony's CEO, chief executive, he said, we are also confident that Epic's expertise, including their powerful game engine, combined with Sony's technologies, will accelerate our various efforts. I'm allowing all of those sentences to just sort of sit with you for a little while it's uh, it feels weird like the last story made more sense to me lego wanting epic to work on this thing that they, that is using their ip that made sense sony giving a billion dollars just to be like hey y'all are doing a great job here's a billion dollars and i know it's deeper than that but that's just how it sounds you know it's guess, just this it's this metaverse stuff it's just like it's completely dominated the the conversation. It's just yeah. exhausting. It's and like these places has have existed for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. So why is it just now we're like we need to spend billions of dollars on this? And it's going to die and these billions will have been spent on next either nothing or dead on arrival projects. So, it's just so strange and like well, I guess this is a good way to transition to the next story because it's really important to this. Unreal Engine 5, in a new showcase, got shown off along with the announcement that it is now publicly available. So we've talked quite a bit about Unreal Engine 5 on this show, but it's only been available to limited developers. Uh, and now anybody can get it for themselves and make games with it. Uh, the hope would be that this is going to as you know Yoshida kind of Yoshido kind of implied accelerate video game development uh if it's an accessible product it is one that could make video game development go a lot quicker cuz Unreal Engine 4 really pushed the bounds of like photorealism and such and i think the real duty of Un Unreal Engine 5 should be 
taking that photorealism and making it a lot faster, making it more capable of being done in real time, and basically just streamlining the video game development process across the board. And I guess Sony thinks it's worth a billion dollars to do so. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Unreal Engine 5 is a very huge deal for a lot of different groups and developers. And I'm going to be honest, I was very excited by the news that Unreal Engine 5 was public. It kind of got sullied by those last two stories coming after it because it reminded me like Unreal Engine 5 and Epic are the same entity where in my brain they're not. But they are. They are the same entity. Yeah. I mean, it's theirs. It's yeah. their engine. I so closely associate Unreal with the products that are made in it, you know? I think Unreal Engine, and I'm like, ooh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, I think about games that came from that engine rather than, ooh, Epic Games' Unreal Engine. And I think that's why this this story's kind of so much different as the news came out this week. I guess this uh, sort of um, begs the question, what does this mean for the future of Unreal Engine? I mean, is the next Unreal Engine only going to be available through PlayStation? Not five, but six? I don't know. I mean, that if would it's be crazy. the first of many investments, maybe. Epic is worth many, many billions, so I don't know. It's a lot to say. Fortnite will never go exclusive, so it's hard to say for sure. Yeah. It's a thought. Not really one I like, but it's a thought. <laughs> it's a thought. It's bad and stupid, but it is a thought. The fact that it's possible is frustrating, but it's a thought. Yeah. Well, we did get, well, not necessarily a glimpse, but we found out... That the new Tomb Raider game from um, Crystal Dynamics, their new Tomb Raider game is going to be on Unreal Engine 5. Um, And it's supposed to sort of, well, this isn't necessarily confirmed, but a while back they talked about sort of connecting the bridge between the new Tomb Raider games and the old ones um, and have Lara be a little bit more experienced a little bit seasoned and I'm like well the truth is there's been like three Tomb Raider games already in this new series if she's not seasoned by now then you know <laughs> she never will be throw throw the whole lady away you know what I'm saying like if you're not if you're not seasoned after swimming through a river of blood I don't know what to tell you <laughs> you need to you need to get a little salt and pepper on it you know what I'm saying I the, I don't like how long I took me to realize what you were saying i was like i don't know what, <laughs> what i mean seasoned salt and pepper yeah seasonings see get it you get it have you played the all the tomb raider games the new I ones played the first two okay are you excited by this news i don't know um i guess so i feel like the first one was i have very fond memories of the first one but I, I had it on Xbox 360. I got it for my birthday. I remember I had the really cool like metal um, case for it. And I really enjoyed it. And then the second one, I was kind of like, this isn't 
this isn't as fun, which I think is <laughs> not the popular opinion. I think people preferred the next ones after the first one, but I don't know. I think some of the fun had just worn off for me. But in 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 that year, I think maybe it was 2013. Um I might be wrong. Maybe 2012. It was 2013, the original. Okay. Okay. That's kind of what I thought, but I wasn't sure. And that year, I was very very I was having a very very good time playing video games. Uh that was a good year for me. And this is unrelated, and you can totally cut this out if you feel like it's appropriate. But for that birthday, me and my family also went to Longhorn Steakhouse, and I had a really, really good steak and a really, really good salad with blue cheese dressing. Why would I cut that? <laughs> that's the most. I don't know. That's so pertinent. I think it was my 16th birthday. How old am I? I don't no. know. No. Wait, that was 2013. Was almost. It was nine years ago. So it was my. 15th birthday? That sounds right. I feel like it was my 16th. But okay, it's fine. Anyway, totally unrelated. Um are you are you uh, how do you how are you feeling about this? I feel next to nothing. <laughs> That's how I felt <laughs> about the Max Payne news. Yeah. Um there was some news this week. Let's take a shift, Kelly. Let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. Let's no change more... Ultima forms. Let's do it. Let's change forms and talk about nothing but positive stuff for the rest of the show. Okay. There was a presentation. Yes. Posted to YouTube.com. Yes. Sunday morning. This past Sunday morning. From the Kingdom Hearts YouTube channel. A video summarizing news from the 20th anniversary event held in Tokyo on April 10th. In this recap, we got some news. The first of the news bits was the announcement of the final chapter of Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, a mobile game coming August 2022. I am one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts fans you can find, and I don't care about Dark Road very much. It is a prequel about Xehanort, the central villain of most Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, however, I am a distinct not fan of the art style, so I will be very excited to watch a YouTube summary of all the plot revelations come August. The next game they announced was called Kingdom Hearts Missing Link. This is another mobile game. It looks very akin to Union Cross, which is uh, another game I thought was very ugly and stupid. But this game looks less ugly and stupid. It has 3D models and some interesting stylistic choices. Uh, at the very least, I'm excited by the plot that's going to come from this game. There seems to be some actual cutscenes that definitely don't look as good as the console endeavors, but they still look very nice, and I'm excited to see what comes from it. That game is getting closed beta testing in 2022. And now you might be asking yourself, but Andrew... How are you getting so excited by mobile games? That's strange, because you said this was exciting, Andrew. Mobile games aren't exciting to you, Andrew. Why are you saying that you are excited, Andrew? That's what I imagine you sound like right now, audience. Frustrated and saying my name over and over again. The reason, audience, that I am excited is because at the end of this announcement trailer we got 
the reveal of the much-anticipated but still very surprising Kingdom Hearts 4. It is a new game developed fittingly on Unreal Engine 5. We do not have any release window, but we have quite a bit of information. This trailer showed off a new art style, one that is very different, much more akin to latter Final Fantasy games, much more photorealistic in its world. Sora has a brand new look, my lads. He looks much more real. He's still a little anime, which is fine by me because he is Sora, but hair has been a lot less pointified, you know? He's softened up a little, softened. Um, the combat was even shown off a little bit. It's very, very quick and streamlined, even more so than Kingdom Hearts 3 was. There are some really exciting plot revelations in this trailer that I will not go into because it only makes sense to the deepest of Kingdom Hearts fans. And y'all have already, already watched this trailer at least six times, let's be honest. Uh, some people are discussing the fact that there appears to be a Star Wars tease. In the forest world, you can see the foot of what appears to be a Star Wars robot. Um, and at the end, they teased a little bit of Disney stuff going on. Don't worry, Donald and Goofy are still here. Again, Kingdom Hearts 4. No release window, but we know about it. I am over the moon. I got onto the moon, and then I was too excited, so I just kept going. I jumped off the moon and kept going. I'm on my way to Mars, guys. I have so many positive... I just am freaking out. When I saw Sora in this trailer, I, I panicked. I was like, I don't know. What, I don't know. I can't breathe. What's going on? What is this? <laughs> uh... I adored Kingdom Hearts 3, as I think most Kingdom Hearts fans did. I understand there's a lot of negativity around it from people who... I think generally from people who jumped in without a knowledge of the series. Which is kind of valid, you know? Most games you should be able to hop in on, but the series does not allow that. And I think this game looks of similar quality. Even though the graphics are... Uh, gigantic enormous step up it's almost weird how much of a leap this is so what are your thoughts kelly i know i i can talk i could talk for hours and days about this because i have infinite thoughts but what are your thoughts kelly as someone who's less entrenched in this this pile of video game um yeah i mean when i saw it i was like i kind of felt a little bit strange I don't like that Sora has tiny feet now. You mean human um, feet? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not right. That's just wrong. It but, is strange. But I think a change of setting is very interesting. Um, it still feels very like Kingdom Hearts to me, just in the little bit of combat that we saw. It's very like bombastic, and we're running and jumping and flying through the air, and there's a giant creature that we have to kill. Um, there were a few like... I don't even know if this is who they are anymore, but it looked like there were a few like organization 13 members towards the end of the yeah. trailer. Yeah. That's not, that's not, not them right. anymore. Not, not doesn't matter, but <laughs> well to a casual kingdom hearts fan, such as myself, that is uh, what I saw. Yeah. But I do think that 
I am interested to see um, how the universe could possibly expand. I feel like Disney owns so much now. It's yeah. like, is there going to be like a Simpsons world? <laughs> that um, is possible. I mean, it's not probable by any stretch, but. Wouldn't that just be the funniest though? You There's... summon Homer Simpson in. <laughs> he just throws cans of duff at your enemies. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how I felt. It looked very, it looked a little bit dead to me. It didn't look very, like my eyes were not feeling good when I saw it. Um, I, I think, think because Kingdom Hearts has always, for me, been very colorful and very, like, it's very fun to watch. It's fun to look at. It's a very um, aesthetically enriched game. Um, I was sort of disappointed with the way that everything was very grayscale and the people just looked like, I don't know, they looked people. like bad Sims. I don't know. I don't know. I just wasn't super fond of the Quadratum setting. Um, I don't know if that is going to be where, I, I'm sure as a Kingdom Hearts game there will be other places to go, but um, I don't know. I just kind of wish that the trailer was more visually appealing. Not saying that it was ugly because it was very beautiful. I mean... Sora looks amazing, yeah. yeah, and Donald and Goofy looked amazing, but... Oh, the animation on Donald and Goofy was, like, out of this world. I was blown away. Yeah, it looked very nice, but it was the... I'd I like know. to provide you some hope. Um, Two things. One, uh, I think the story behind Quadratum kind of gives some explanation to how it feels. And also, more importantly, I do not think the majority of the game will take place here. I think it'll likely be a an extended opening, maybe like a f if it, let's just say Kingdom Hearts Four is thirty hours long. I would assume f maybe five hours will be in Quadratum, and I think there will still be a whole lot of Disney goodness. See, I agree with you, and I'm inclined to agree with you, and I'm sure you're right. I just but wish this that is what they showed us. Yeah. yeah, I just wish that what they had showed us was maybe a little bit more. But maybe that's just like they're trying to subvert what we were expecting because I yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 the first thing we saw was very colorful. Yeah. Um I don't I was a baby child when the first teasers for Kingdom Hearts 2 were out, but I'm sure they were also <laughs> very colorful. It's um, just it definitely feels like uh it's not just a graphical change. It is a it is a direction change. Yeah. Which I think is good. I think Kingdom Hearts kind of, I almost feel like it ran its course in a lot of ways and this is a new direction and a new direction is probably what'll keep it fresh and interesting. Yeah. I would really like to see Homer Simpson. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah. I would like to see, Um. I would like to see. Wow. That's Prince a long list. I would like to see Princess Leia. I would I like think... to see an Ewok being very cute. I would like to see... What's a Disney movie that I've done? I think part of the reason this style change happened might be so that they can go to more realistic worlds in a more organic way. Because Sora always looked some degree of out of place in the quote-unquote photorealistic worlds. Like at the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Tron worlds had always kind of like, wow, this is Sora next to a dude. But I think if he looks, I mean, we saw how he looks in this trailer. Like he looks a lot more grounded. If you put him next to Luke Skywalker, 
it's going to look a lot more organic than it would have in the past. And I think that might be part of why they did it so that they could go to Star Wars worlds or perhaps some Marvel worlds. I was just about to say, you know, it would be a really cool world would be like Wakanda. That would yeah. be cool. Um, there's not, there's nowhere else in the Marvel series that's really that cool. <laughs> I think that it would, it probably would end up having to be like New York and or then just Spa- make it like, like an Avengers plot. Yeah, or like um, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. I mean, we've technically been to a Marvel world because Big Hero 6 was in Kingdom Hearts 3. That's true. But that was very different, obviously. There's so much to talk about here, but it's also something I don't want to like dwell too much upon because this is a game we're not going to see for a long time. I don't think yes. it'll be overly long. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 development cycle was very steeped in... in uh, trials and tribulations shall we say (laughs) so the six year gap between announcement and release is not something I expect here this game will not take six years to finish Um, Yeah, they are making it Unreal 5 the gap between when they moved Kingdom Hearts 3 to Unreal 4 and it's release was not that substantial so this game's being made in Unreal from the start is a very good sign I don't want to like get anybody's hopes up but my guess slash hope would be at latest mid 2024 i think that is pretty reasonable because i think there's a decent chance we'll end next year with a part two of final fantasy 7 remake and then this the following year i would agree with that i'm excited for you thank you i was freaking out because i I was with a couple people that morning because I had people spending the night at my house who happened to be Kingdom Hearts fans. And this was very, very unexpected to wake up to. Um, So we got to watch it together and we were all like, oh, and the second they showed Sora's face, I started like flailing and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, And for anybody who maybe is a little worried because this got shown before Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, I think the reason is because Remake Part 2 is much more of a given, so they don't need to show it off as much in advance. You know, we know Remake Part 2 is happening. We did not know Kingdom Hearts 4 was happening until Sunday. Yes. So do not panic. You're still getting your Final Fantasies. So this little movie came out this past weekend, right? Yeah, pretty small. Um, it's called Sonic 2. It was the sequel to Sonic 1, um, the oh, last that movie sense. that many of us saw before um, the coronavirus <laughs> shut everything down. Not blaming Sonic, but I'm just saying, very interesting coincidence. Sonic, coronavirus, a lot of the same letters. Just saying. Just saying. I'm not saying anything, but I'm just throwing that out there. You can do with that information what you will. Um, but anyway... The sequel, Sonic 2, which came out this past weekend, is now on track to be the highest grossing video game movie ever, um, which it would be beating the first Sonic, um, and it's making uh, 71 million domestically, that's here in the United States, and then 141 million globally, uh, which is as uh, around the world, uh, as we know, the word global. <laughs> 
Um, this is really cool. Uh, I'm surprised. I, part of me, the pessimistic side of me was like, well, yeah, Sonic is like the only good video game movie. But the optimistic side of me is also like, this is good because it's, yeah, it's a good movie. I think. I'm sure we'll learn more about it later in this episode. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, it is respectful to its source material while also being able to be easily adaptable. Yeah. Um, this is no disrespect. Actually, this is all disrespect to the creators of Uncharted. Yeah, the movie. No, we trash on them. Um, all disrespect to the creators of the Mortal Kombat movie from like five years ago or whatever. Mortal Kombat came out like a year ago. No way. Yeah. The movie? Yeah. Mortal Kombat just came out. No. I think we were making the show and we chose not to watch it. No. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. I think you have no perception of time. 2021. Are you thinking of Warcraft, the current highest grossing video game movie? No. Are you thinking about Street Fighter 1992? I might might have been thinking of of Warcraft. Either way. I'm very excited to hear this, though, because, like, the fact that it beat the original's numbers is exciting because the original came out on a four-day weekend. So having one last day in the the cinema world is a a very big deal. And it was also pre-pandemic. I mean, people were going to the movies all the time back then. Willy-nilly. Going to movies now, but not as much as probably they were back then. Takes more to get them out, you know? Yeah. I know. If I can just stream it on HBO Max. Why would you? A month later. I mean, come on. I hope I can stream this somewhere in a month because I'm going to want to watch it again. I'm going to want to watch this movie many more times. I went to see this movie. I have lots of thoughts. But before we get into the review of the Sonic movie, we have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Sentry. That is P-G-H-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Or go to their website smacksentry.gg that is s-m-a-k-s-e-n-t-r-y dot g-g to find out more info about attending or viewing their content thank you again to our sponsor our first ever sponsor thanks we really appreciate it it's really exciting thank you (laughs) it is exciting we're real we're big we're big game we're big big leagues we're in the big leagues now, baby. So this was. Who's a bit your of a... Smash main? Mine. Mm-hmm. Zelda, Lucas, right? Lucas. Oh, no. sorry. Lucas, Ridley, and Bayonetta. Was it ever? Was it ever Zelda? No. <laughs> I play as. Who was I talking to? I don't know. Okay. Who's your Smash main? Zelda. Well, then, what? Are you just thinking of yourself? No, um, I actually like Robin too. And okay. Corin. That doesn't answer my and question. Byleth. Are you just thinking of yourself? 
Maybe. I don't know who I was talking. I thought it, I thought Zelda was your main. Maybe you were too busy watching <clears throat> Sentry on Twitch and you got confused. At twitch.tv slash PGH Sentry? Yeah, I think I was. Well, hopefully the audience does the same. And I hope they have a great time doing it. Because I know I do every time I check it out. So you better too. I didn't mean to be aggressive. <laughs> it's okay. Um, did you see any movies this weekend? Oh, yeah. I forgot that we were going to move into the review of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, major motion picture. I went and saw this movie on Thursday, the preview day, because I wanted to see it as soon as I possibly could. I'll just let you know right off the bat, if you want to know nothing about this movie, but you want to know what I'm thinking... I loved it. I highly recommend seeing it. So if you need to see it without any information, turn off the episode and then come back later to listen to my opinions. I recommend it highly, especially if you like the first movie. If you didn't like the first movie, I'm a little confused why you even care about the second. But alas, maybe you'll like that anyway. Um, Sonic was absolutely adorable, as he was in the first movie, but even more so. Tails was precious. Their friendship was genuinely cute to watch because, you know, they meet in this movie as hinted by the trailers and by the post credit scene of the first movie. And it's really cute to watch them kind of grow into like this brotherly friendship as they go through the movie. And it feels like there's legitimate development in a way that honestly surpasses a lot of the games because it starts from scratch. It assumes that they've never seen each other. And that's really cool. Um, also, Tails uh, looks like my cat. <laughs> um, like, he has the same color scheme and fluffiness as my cat, but he does look like a fox. However, there's one scene where he is laying on his side briefly, and you see him, and I'm like, oh my god. And I looked over at my partner, and they were like, oh my god. And it was the realization that that was just, that, that was my cat with the big fluffy tail. It was precious. Aww, Knuckles was very silly, but also the action involving him was very cool to watch. He's definitely a little goofy with his big gloves on at all times, but I was still able to appreciate it. All the action in this movie was very amusing. It was cartoony, but still some degree of grounded, so you weren't completely taken out, since it is, is a real world, quote-unquote. Um, and it had a really good pace, a good balance of slower moments versus the action. Uh, plenty of character discussions with each other uh, that didn't get too boring. The CG was a big improvement over the first movie. I liked the first movie quite a bit, but Sonic did look a little bit taped in at some points. Like he looked a little not exactly organic and that's not a horrible thing, but it was something I noticed while watching. And this one I don't think even once I paused and thought like, oh, that's CG because it was it just felt organic. They did a really good job with the lighting and blending them into the world really nicely. The only times that maybe I questioned it were direct human to CG interactions, like some hugs. <laughs> hugs never go well. They shouldn't hug CG characters. It should be only high fives. Uh, there is a dance number in this movie. It is very good it is adorable i was 
it it like teased that it was about to happen. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I was I was a little pessimistic. I was like, Ugh, this ain't gonna be good. And then a certain uptown funk started playing. That uptown may funk or may you not up? may have been involved in the scene to some extent. A song that I don't enjoy. Or should I say I didn't enjoy until Sonic the Mo- Sonic the Hedgehog 2, major motion picture. I'm not going to tell you any more than that. I just loved it. There are a whole lot of references in this movie, as one might expect. References to all over the Sonic series. Uh, the nice thing is that they're very organically placed. So those who don't know what it is referencing won't feel like, what are they talking about? There's only one that was a little like, it was like a second long, so it's not a big deal, but it was like, if you don't know what they're referencing, it is a confusing shot. So to each their own, but it was still a lot of very cute stuff going on. There is very little human plot in this movie. James Marsden's character is not in it very much at all, which is a big improvement. Because when I'm going to see a Sonic movie, I don't know if you know this, but I kind of just want to see Sonic. And the vast majority of this movie has either Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles on screen. There's very few moments where it's where it's just human beings. Um, which is a very good... That's a good thing. And I think it will continue to be that way as this franchise continues. The cast did a really good job. Idris Elba, the new, the biggest newcomer in this, did a really good job of kind of creating his own version of Knuckles. He did not feel like later game Knuckles. He felt almost like a a version of adventure and the older games combined. Uh, but he gave his own personality to the character. He did not do a squeaky voice like he said in interviews he wanted to. He did a very deep Idris Elba e voice, and it it is recognizable as him, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, he was hot. I'm gonna cut that though. <laughs> ben Schwartz came back as Sonic and did an even better job this time. Kind of cre- captured even more Sonic energy while taking the character in a fun new direction. Jim Carrey returned. He looked better in this movie with his big orange mustache. Um, but he still was very much himself. That's not a bad thing. Uh, he didn't remind me of Eggman, but I was amused by basically every scene he was in. If you like Jim Carrey, you'll like his character in this movie. Colleen O'Shaughnessy really kind of blew me away because she is a video game voice actress who just sort of blended in. Didn't really notice that she wasn't a big Hollywood name, and she did just a good, just as good a job as the other major voices and I think that's really that deserves a lot of credit. Uh, the post-credit scene—I'm not going to spoil it. Don't worry. But it did a wonderful job of making Sonic fans very, very happy and setting up a sequel very nicely. Uh, it did come out shortly after the release of the movie that Jim Carrey was retiring from acting, so that kind of made me worried going in that this movie would heavily rely upon Eggman as a villain for the series going forward. But the setup, they could definitely lose Eggman and it would still be a plot that I want to watch. 
versus the end of the first movie made it so Eggman was necessary. And I'm also very excited for the Knuckles show. I'm excited to see some more silly antics and some stupid comments. Some stupid, ignorant, very cute and funny comments from my big red echidna boy. This was a great movie. I enjoyed it as somebody who has liked the Sonic character for many years. My partner enjoyed it as somebody who has not cared about the Sonic characters until I made them. And that really speaks volumes, I think. Go see it if you're interested. I mean, I'm not telling you because I need it needs the economic support. As we've discussed, it's making bank. However, if you like the first movie, you're almost definitely going to like this even more. If you like Sonic and the characters involved, you're almost definitely going to enjoy what this movie gives you. If you don't like the first movie or don't like the characters, this doesn't do anything to change that. But if you do think that animals that look like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles in this trailer and the trailers are cute, you also will probably enjoy it. Tails is really cute. I'm sorry, I just gotta make that before we like before I wrap this up. I really gotta point out Tails is adorable in this movie. He's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. He was adorable. We started on some weird news today. We did. But too much good stuff happened. I'm in a good mood, you know. Video games are treating me well. Video game movies are treating me well. I'm happy for you. I can't complain. I wouldn't want you to complain. Unless uh, you were bothered. In okay. which case... I I eagerly await the complaints. But if you're happy, that I'm and happy. you know it, clap your hands. Do you play any games? I played Smeldon Ring. I'm um, I'm almost done. I don't know if I'm almost done. <laughs> you're playing it on PS5, right? Yes. It tells you that percentage. What does it say? 50. Kelly, I think that doesn't mean almost. I think that means halfway. <laughs> okay, I know, but it feel, the area that I'm in right now feels very endgamey to me. Yeah, okay. It just beat more... Well... I don't know if that's a spoiler. That's yeah, fine. It's just, just a name. I just beat a boss. Well, I didn't just do it, but I did it, and then I went to a different place, and then I tried to beat the boss there, and I got whooped on super hard. Doesn't it feel great? I was like, what just happened? I was doing really well, like just totally breezing through this one area. And then I got to this other area and I beat a boss there. And I was like, that was a little bit hard, but it wasn't like super challenging. And then I go to a castle in this area and I go to the boss in the castle and he, I don't even touch him. That's he really said, no, 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 I don't think so, girly. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. All right. I'm glad you're still having a good time. Do you I have am, any, any new thoughts besides being beaten up? No. No new thoughts. Um, you guys won't believe what else I'm playing right now. I don't actually know. You don't have it in the sheet. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Can I get one very tiny hint? Because I like have a few guesses, but I need a little bit of direction. Tiny, tiny hint. 
It's a fantasy game. Uh, Dragon Age. <laughs> How'd you know? I it was just trying to pick between Skyrim and Dragon Age then. I'm never not playing Dragon Age. Let me just be clear. Yeah. So that's really not much of a guess and more of just a statement of <laughs> expectation. It's just always rotating in the background. That's how it goes. I finish Inquisition and then I'm like, all right, time to start Origins again. And it's always going on in the background of your life. Yes. I have a problem. What's the problem? Oh, Dragon Age. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I don't know why I assumed you had a separate problem. <laughs> I know I was you just have like that. actually doing a confessional right now. Yeah, I, I know about that problem. Have you played anything this week, Andrew? Yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody about it, but I'm going to give okay. you some hints. Okay. And by hints, I mean, I'm going to tell you what I played, but <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell gonna you say. about I'm going to tell you what I played, but you're going to have to come back next week for some thoughts. Oh. I started Lego Star Wars, Mew. the Skywalker saga. Mew. Yeah, it has lightsabers. Mew. Mostly positive impressions, but I'll talk more next week. And then I started PlayStation 5 and PC exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo. You gonna make lightsaber sounds for that one? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Ooh. Oh god! Okay, stop, 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 stop! I'm scared. I'm scared. Stop! Stop! I'm scared. Kelly, Kelly, please. <sighs> oh god! Okay. Uh. <sighs> Well, tune in next week to hear my impressions <laughs> of Lego Star Wars and Ghostwire Tokyo. I got to go quickly because Kelly is freaking me out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Talking I... loud doesn't cancel how much you scared me, Kelly. <laughs> I would like to formally apologize on behalf of the ghosts in my room for scaring Andrew. That wasn't you? No. What are you talking about? Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week everybody bye bye